everyone. Thank you for joining me tonight for this episode of Tipsy Tales. I'm writing solo tonight and this is going to be the first time I'm going to air an episode where it's just me talking into the air. So bear with me. Um, This is going to be the episode where I discuss a cold case or a missing persons case. And in this case, it's a missing persons case. Um, I'm, I want to discuss the case of Ashley Heavy Runner Loring. I first learned of this story when Yvette and I were researching for our Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women episode of the podcast. I have wanted to expound on this particular case for a while now, and I'm just now getting to it. So here I go. If you haven't listened yet to episode 23, go back and take a listen because Yvette and I discuss how our Native communities struggle to deal with the heartbreaking problem of missing and murdered Indigenous women and how these cases are grossly underreported and or ignored by law enforcement. So if you haven't yet, just go back and listen to that episode because this case just basically highlights these problem areas. So in listening to some of the media associated with the case, I kept coming across interviews with Ashley's sister, Kimberly Loring. Hearing her tell her story was gut-wrenching, and I thought to myself, I couldn't imagine having to be in her shoes telling this story over and over again. I also thought to myself how brave of her to tell this experience over and over again. She also got the chance to appear before the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs um, on December 12, 2018. Some of what you're about to hear was taken from that testimony. Ashley, who was living with her grandmother on the Blackfeet Reservation in Montana, was last seen on June 5, 2017. She told her family that she was going out with friends. She was seen at a party on the reservation the same night. Kimberly, her sister, said that they both had plans of moving in together after Kimberly returned from her trip to Africa. There were also phone calls to friends where Ashley was desperately trying to get a ride home on June the 7th. However, Ashley never responded to text messages. She made her last known Facebook post on June 8th, and according to what investigators told the family, her last known sighting was on June 12th, She was 20 years old at the time, and her 22nd birthday just passed. Ashley was planning to go to the University of Montana with her sister Kimberly to study environmental science so she could take care of her homeland. Her sister wasted no time in getting to the facts of her sister's case. Ashley's disappearance was received on June 25, 2017. It stated that Ashley was running from a male's vehicle on U.S. Highway 89 alongside the Rocky Mountain Front on the Blackfeet Reservation. When the family followed up on this lead and spoke to the person that was named in the tip, he stated that yes, he had been on U.S. Highway 89 and that they had parked and that he had dropped her off. In some of the interviews that I've listened to, it sounds like this wasn't like Ashley. It sounds like as a family... They always checked in, and it wasn't like Ashley not to check in. So for her to be gone this long was definitely concerning to everyone involved. Also, when Kimberly was asked as to why it took so long for them to report her as a missing person, Kimberly's answer was that the person that she left with on the 5th 
was a family friend and he lived in a remote area and it wasn't unheard of for her to be gone for a few days. And when they did talk to this family friend, um, he hadn't seen her since two weeks prior, so he was also very concerned. So when Kimberly um, spoke to the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs, she talked a little bit about the frustration that they faced when dealing with um, the Bureau of Indian Affairs and other authorities. And I'm going to um, just play a clip of that. And during that time when Ashley was missing, it was two months after she went missing, um, the BIA was still stating that Ashley is of age and is able to leave whenever she wants to. So as you can see, they were mostly dismissive of the case. And um, she also stated that they only searched for three days and that the task force um, only met once that she knew of. And then there was a sweater that was found on June 25th, 2017. It was stained with oil and what appeared to be blood. The sweater was identified by an eyewitness stating that Ashley was wearing the exact same sweater when the, she went missing. When the sweater, which was stained with the red spots and holes, was turned over by BLES to the BIA, the agent stated multiple times that he sent the sweater to the crime lab. When we questioned the results of the testing of the sweater, he then changed the story and said he couldn't send out the sweater due to testing reasons after eight months of being in evidence with the BIA. That is not a proper response when dealing with a woman that's been missing for two months and despite the fact that we found a sweater with a eyewitness saying that that was a sweater Ashley was wearing during the time that she went missing. And with the leads that we received during that time was that my sister was hurt in the mountains on the Blackfeet Reservation and was placed in the mountains or placed in the mountains like that is just ridiculous you can hear the frustration in her voice and who can blame her after dealing with that your sister disappears and you're just getting the runaround from the people who are supposed to be tasked with searching for her instead of them doing the searching it turns out that her sister Kimberly and their family and friends did most of the searching the leads that they were receiving were that she was hurt in the mountains. Um, there were leads saying that she was wearing the sweater and placed in an oil barrel. They turned this over to the investigators who called and told us, we don't know where this sweater is now. Somehow these boots went from Ashley size to a child size. Um, some of the other tips and leads that they were receiving, the family, one of them said that Ashley was injured and placed in the mountains which you heard her testify to, and another said that she had been taken to Washington and sold into the sex trade. Well, another tip was that she may have had an altercation with an unnamed woman in Browning. Then there was a fact that one of the law enforcement officers involved in the case was having a relationship and leaking information to a prime suspect. Kimberly herself has conducted more than 120 searches for her sister. She searched in the wind, in the rain, in the snow. She's even run into grizzly bears. And none of this deters her from searching for her sister. The most frustrating thing for the family is the lackadaisical manner in which 
Ashley's case has been treated by law enforcement. In her testimony in front of the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs, she said this, For over the course of nine months, months that the BIA has taken over the case, most leads and information given to the BIA have not been followed up on, nor documented Blackfeet Tribal Law Enforcement, BLES, as well as the Bureau of Indian Affairs have not taken Ashley's case seriously. After two months of being reported missing, the BIA agent responded to our calls stating Ashley is of age and can leave whenever she wants to. Despite the fact that all leads come in were stating that Ashley was in danger or was hurt and placed in the mountains. From the very beginning, both Blackfeet Tribal Law Enforcement, BLES, and the BIA have ignored the dire situation that Ashley is in and have allowed this investigation to be handled in a dysfunctional manner. This just this isn't just a reality for our family, but a reality for many MMIW families. We all share the same experience when working with law enforcement. On December 13th of 2018, a set of human remains found on the Blackfeet Indian Reservation sparked hope for the family and speculation that they might be that of heavy runner Loring, but the FBI laboratory in Quantico has concluded otherwise. Anthropological analysis suggests that the remains are of probable historic or ancient origin. The examination also estimates that the remains are that of a Native American male between 45 to 60 years old. Since the hearing, the FBI has received multiple tips about what happened to Ashley. Loring added that she's in contact with the offices of both Senator Steve Daines and Senator John Tester, both of Montana. Following the Senate committee hearing, both Danes and Tester reintroduced Savannah's Act, the act that would require the Department of Justice to update the online data entry format for federal databases um, that we discussed also in episode 23. And just to reiterate some of the data that Yvette and I discussed in that episode, Native Americans living on reservations face violent crime rates two and a half times the national average. According to New York Times analysis of 2012 Department of Justice data, Native American women are especially vulnerable. The same analysis by the Times found that Native women are 10 times as likely to be murdered than non-Native Americans. Native women are raped at a rate four times the national average, according to the data, with more than one in three having been the victim of rape or attempted rape. More recent data shows that more than four in five Native Americans have experienced violence in their lifetime which is 52% higher than the general population, according to the 2016 National Institute of Justice report. The same report found that 84% of indigenous women have experienced violence in their lifetime, with more than half experienced sexual violence. Kimberly continues to look for her sister. She says, I don't want to be an 80-year-old woman searching these mountains with my grandchildren. But there's no choice, because if I give up, who's going to look for her? Talking about their childhood and growing up together, the sisters spent several months in foster care before going to live with her grandparents and their other siblings. Life was much better on their grandparents' horse ranch, Kimberly Loring said. The sisters learned how to ride chopped wood for their grandmother's wood stove. 
mucked stalls, and swam in a nearby creek until well after the sun disappeared behind the high plains. She was a good girl. We didn't have no trouble with her, Loxie Loring, the girl's grandmother, said of Ashley. Kimberly says that she will continue to search for her sis little sister, no matter how long it takes. She said, well, it's unlikely Ashley's story will have a happy ending. She still holds out hope for a positive outcome. More than anything, Kimberly just wants to find her sister so that her family can have closure. I just don't want her to be alone in the mountains anymore. She said, we just want to bring her home. If you have information regarding Ashley's disappearance, please call the FBI or the Browning Police Department at 406-338-4000. That's my case for tonight, folks. Thanks for joining me. And um, if you have any questions or want to give me any feedback, um, go ahead and hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can email me at tipsy underscore tales at yahoo.com. Have a good night. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Tipsy Tales. Music by Jesse Biscata, artwork by Sergio Hernandez. And if you're listening on iTunes, please don't forget to rate and review. Thanks.